Hey, open your Bibles this morning to the gospel, or the gospel, the book of Genesis, chapter number 13. Genesis chapter number 13. We're in a series right now called Boxes. All the boxes behind me, you see them. And as we're in a series called Boxes, I want to let you know that the box that you are in when people meet you can become the prison that they hold you to. The box that you are in when people meet you can become the prison that they hold you to. And so, I don't know about you, but how many of y'all have changed just a little But if you have changed in the last five years, somebody who met you five years ago, the person they met five years ago is what they're holding you to, and they need to let you change. They need to let you grow. They need to let you become. They need to let you get outside the box that you're in. And so you're going to hear me use this phrase, and it's called meet me, met me, let me. Meet me because I'm more than I was when you met me. Let me get outside the box. Meet me once again. Meet me right now for the Joel T. Meyer I am today. Not the one you met 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Even meet me for who I am right now, today. Because I'm different than I was when you first met me. Let me get outside the box that people begin to put everyone in. Because the challenge is growing outside the box of you. It's growing outside the box of what other people think of you. To expose the gifts of God that are inside of you. But you got to get outside the box. You've got to get outside the box. So we're going to talk about this this morning in Genesis chapter 13. Verses 14 through 18. And the title of this morning's message is Move Your Tent. Everybody say, Move Your Tent. And so as we kick this off this morning in Genesis chapter 13, verse number 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Everybody say, move your tent. We've all heard this phrase that it's, it's just my lot in life. It's just my lot in life. And many of us fall victim to the circumstances of our past and where we are now because we think that everything that we have and everything that's come against us and everything that we're going through, it's just our lot in life. And some of us have accepted our lot in life as the normal of where we're going to be, uh, of who we are, rather than the person who God has called us to become. So we're going to go through three different scenarios this morning, where you were, where you are, and where you will be. Where you were, where you are, and where you will be. Let's talk about where you were just for a minute. And it says, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Now, the question I have for you is, what can God not say to you that he wants to reveal to you because he can't say it in the presence of Lot? Yeah. 
Lot was a relationship, a kindred, a kinfolk, as we say in East Texas, to Abram. And the Bible says this, that God spoke after Lot and Abram had separated. So I want to ask you a question. What can God not say to you right now? Because he cannot say what he wants to tell you because you're in the presence of Lot. Your lot may not be an actual kinfolk, although it could be some kinfolk. I'm not messing with your kinfolk. That's for you to mess with. Lot may not necessarily be your kinfolk, but it could be that disease that you just can't get rid of, and you think that you're just going to have eczema for the rest of your life because it's just my lot in life. And what can God not say to you about who you're called to be because he can't say what he wants to say because you're still embracing your lot in life rather than who you're called to be in life? What can God not speak to you about this morning, Mike? Because we've embraced where we were and our lot in life of who we were rather than where God is calling us to be. And a lot of us, we settle for simply, Corey, our lot in life when the lot in life that we're settling for, God never called you to. When God first spoke to Abram, listen, he hadn't even changed his name to Abraham yet and confirmed the covenant. He gave the promise. When he spoke to Abram, he said, you get up and leave your kinfolk and go to a place that I will show you. But how many of you know that sometimes when you get up to go, your lot in life wants to follow along? <laughs> and many of you, because you're so comfortable with your lot in life, you never get rid of your lot and what can God not say to you in the presence of your lot that you haven't gotten rid of? Because the Bible says this in the very first verse that we read. It says, the Lord said to Abraham after. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him. Listen, the people who comforted you when you stepped out can confine the voice of God for you now. The people who comforted you when you stepped out and first did what you were called to do can confine the voice of God that is speaking to you now. The people who comforted me when I first stepped out by faith and planted that little church, if I still let that lot of a little church follow me wherever I go, we'll never go into the destiny of a world-changing church that he's called us to. So in this life, I want to ask you, the people who comforted you when you first stepped out, that voice can now confine the voice of God. And what can God not say to you in the presence of the lot that you're not willing to get rid of? What can God not say to you in the presence of that welfare check that you're not willing to let go of? Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm talking real. What can God not get to you or speak to you about because you're so greedy and you don't want to give him a tithe? Come on, thunder, so I can get an amen from heaven. I'm just, I'm just telling you. What can God not move in your life on because you're not wanting to let go of your family history, good or bad, to go to the place that he's called you to go to? And I'm emphasizing this point for a reason. Because a lot of us in this room, 
A lot of us have a destiny that's set before us, but we're never going to get from where we were to where we are to where we will be or where we're going to if we still want to tolerate the lot in our life when God says to separate from. It is not by coincidence that God only spoke after Lot moved. It's not by coincidence that after Abram and Lot separated, that God said, now I can speak to you again. How many of you remember that one time you've heard that life-changing word, that life-changing voice from God? Right? I mean, it altered the course of your life. Well, if you've been born again, you need to raise your hand because that was one of those days. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have never heard a life-altering voice after that, though. And I'm going to ask you the question, have you not heard a life-changing word from God after your born-again moment because you won't separate from the lot that he called you out of when he said you're now a new creation in Christ Jesus? The old lot has gone, and behold, i got a new place for you ahead, but you're not willing to let go of the old lot to grab hold of the new place. Lot is the symbol of your attachment to where you were, to where you used to be. Lot is the symbol of the old you that people still use to define you. Lot is the symbol of the old life that you used to celebrate when now you want to live a new life in Christ Jesus. And some of us, if we don't ever let go of the lot, we'll never step into the new uh, life that he's called us to in Christ Jesus. Lot is what's comfortable to you. Lot is what's familiar to you. Lot is what makes everything feel just okay. But what are we not willing to get rid of that God cannot speak to us until we get rid of the lot that we need to let go behind us? What are you dragging into your destiny that is a symbol of your history? What are you dragging into the person you're becoming that's the symbol of the person you're not anymore? Some of you are trying to drag an old divorce into a new marriage when you need to let that definition of a divorced person go because that's not who you are anymore. Since that event happened in your life, notice I said it was an event happened in your life. Some of you got defined by an event rather than defined by the word of God. And you're dragging the event into your purpose and you're dragging your history into your destiny. I want to ask you, what are we dragging from our history into our destiny that we need to get rid of? Do y'all remember the, the series Charlie Brown, like the Charlie Brown cartoons? Like, I love them. I still love the Charlie Brown cartoons. Like we still watch them at Thanksgiving. I love the Thanksgiving one. And I love the Christmas one because Charlie Brown and, they, they, and the guy at the piano, Linus Wright. What is it? Schroeder. My bad, Schroeder. Schroeder gets up there. Notice I'm not the talented arts one, so I didn't know who Schroeder was. Schroeder gets up and he quotes the, he quotes the Bible in the cartoon. The reason I love Charlie Brown is because people still love it today when it was made for yesterday and it's not politically correct today, but we still love the event of that day, so we'll drag it forward into where we're at. But there's a guy on Charlie Brown that I've never quite got, and do y'all remember Pigpen? 
Come on, he's the little guy walking around, got the dust cloud all around him all the time, and just Pigpen never could outlive the cloud that surrounded him. And all Pigpen really had to do was to leave the lot or the history that was behind him to get to the destiny or promise in front of him was take a bath. All he had to do to get out of that cloud, all he had to do to leave that moment was just simply take a bath and the cloud that surrounded him could not follow him into where he was called to be. Some of you, it's as simple as asking for forgiveness as things in your life and receiving forgiveness for things that have happened in your life to take that Holy Spirit shower of God that he wants to pour out on you and you can leave the cloud of your history behind you and step into the clean destiny that's in front of you. And I always wondered if Pigpen would have just took a shower. <laughs> Might Pigpen have gotten the girl, Alex? I mean, could, could he have just gotten a girl? But I always saw Pigpen, even on the dance floor, <laughs> just dancing out there by himself because of the cloud that was around you. Some of you feel alone and you're dancing by yourself. It's because you haven't let your history of what's behind you off and you're dragging it into the presence of where God wants to be in front of you. And I'm telling you, if you can't let go of the lot that is behind you, you'll never step into the destiny that's in front of you. The lot that is behind you becomes the box that confines you. And it's time for some of us to put that lot behind us. If the enemy cannot destroy your dream... He will deceive you into carrying the dirt of your history forward into your destiny. If he can't destroy the dream within Joel, if he can't destroy the dream within Colton and Katrina, if he can't destroy the dream that's within you, you know what he's going to do? He's going to take the bad experiences of your life and try to drag them into your destiny with you if he can't destroy the dream that's in you. So if he can't destroy the dream that's in you or the power of God that's in you, what he's going to try to do is rip dirt of your past into your new destiny. And your new destiny needs to be cleansed by only what Jesus can do and only by what you can do by separating from your lot. I don't want to be defined by who I was five years ago. I don't want to be defined by who I was last year. I want people to look at me different. I want people to look at me that he's a man with a purpose and a destiny in his heart. And he's going after the dream that God has put in his life and that God is leading him into. And we're going to get into this big time next week and the dream that God put into him. And so he's moving from his dirt and that he's not going to let the dirt compromise his dream. And his dream is going to manifest into the destiny that God has for him because he's going to follow the desires of God within him. If he can't destroy your dream, he'll definitely try to make you carry the dirt. When, God, when Lot disappeared, God reappeared. Abram heard from God, get up, leave your family, and go to a place that I'll show you. And he got up, started going to a place where God was going to show him and somehow Lot hooked up with him and Lot hooked up with him but he let Lot hook up with him and God couldn't reappear to speak to him again until the Lot that was with him separated from him 
It wasn't until Lot disappeared did God reappear. What do we need to give up in our life so God can speak to us once again? What does Joel need to lay down at the altar of God so God can speak to me once again and give me a word that will transform my life and bring me forward into all that he has planned for me to step into? And listen, I'm not talking about one of those words where God says, get up and I need you to wear a purple shirt today, right? I'm not talking about one of those. I believe in those. I really do. I believe God cares intimately about every tiny detail of every area of your life. I really do. But I'm not talking about that type of word. I'm talking about the type of word that happens once every 5 to 15 years that transforms and alters the course of your lifestyle. That alters the course of your direction. That alters the course of where you're headed. That he can't tell you about in the presence of the lot that is with you. And so when Lot disappeared, God reappeared. And God wants to appear to some of you this morning. But he can't tell you something about where he's taking you until you get rid of the lot that you let tag along with you. In your life, God is bringing you somewhere. But you got to leave where you were to go into the place of where you are. Look at what the next verse says. It says, And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look northward and southward and eastward and westward. Lift up your eyes and look from the place of where you are. And I'm going to ask you this. How far do you see? How far do you see? Or can you see past where you are at all? See, it wasn't until Lot separated did God speak again, and he had to realize where he was actually at, and this is the where you are. And when you find out the place of where you are, it's time for you to lift up your head again and begin to look for the direction that he's showing you. You need to begin to look for the direction that he's showing you because here's the problem. If you don't leave where you were, you're never going to be able to pick your head up from where you are. And it doesn't matter how you got to where you are. Some of you got to where you are by all your crazy mistakes. Some of you got to where you are by you think I was following God. Some of you got to where you are by accident. Some of you got to where you are simply because you've just been coasting on through life. And this is just where you ended up in the great amazing city of Sulphur Springs, Texas. But God is saying now it's time to pick your head up from where you are. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how you got to where you are. Because remember, we left where we were. And if you think this moment that God can't use me now from where I'm going to, you're still, living, you're still tagging along with the lot trying to bring him into your future. When God told Abram, pick your head up and look from where you are, he said, I'm giving you a brand new, fresh look about what I want to do with you and your family. Some of you are so fixated and focused how you got to where you are, you haven't picked your head up to look from where you are and if we never pick our head up to look from where we are if we always just stare at our feet when we're walking we're going to end up falling and God is challenging some of you today he's challenging some of you to look up from where you are and he said I want you to look northward I want you to look southward I want you to look eastward and I want you to look westward from where you are and he's trying to get them to understand what vision is and I want to ask you this how far do you see? Do you see one day out? Do you see one week out? Do you see one year out? Do you see one decade out? 
do you see one generation out? Because Abraham had, Abram had vision that I desire. Abram had vision to grab hold of what God said, not just one generation out, but several generations out. If he would leave Lot and just pick up his head and look northward and southward and eastward and westward, if he would just pick his head up by faith, God said, I'm going to change generations after you. Oh, but some of us can't, can't see past today. Some of you can't see past today because you're already dreading the misery of your career tomorrow. When you got a clock back in at 8 o'clock. But God said, I'm telling you to pick your head up from where you are and start looking northward and southward and eastward and westward at the kingdom and what he's got in front of you. And here's the thing about vision. Everybody loves Habakkuk and it says, write the vision down, make it plain. Write it down, make it plain. But here's the problem with writing it down and making it plain. Many of you haven't picked your head up and are looking and haven't looked northward and southward and eastward and westward. And you're writing down what your vision is rather than what his vision is. Now, there's nothing wrong with goal setting. There's nothing wrong with getting a vision board and saying, I would like to see or do or become and da 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 three years from now be this in life. None of that. Uh, uh, none of that is bad. But it also doesn't mean it's from God. Because the dream in my heart, the dream of what God planted in me, I didn't search after it. It searched after me. The dream and the vision that God put in me, I can't get away from it even if I try to run from it. It's running after me. I'm not trying to chase a vision down. The vision of God is trying to chase me down. The vision of God was trying to chase Abram down. And it's chasing him down so much that it says you've got to get rid of where you were, your lot in life, to go to where you are. But to get to where you are, pick your head up because they don't want you to look north and south and east and west and begin to look at the vision that I have set in front of you. And here's the thing about looking and writing the vision down. It's not about what you can write down. Because when you go back to the first verse of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1, it said, I went and took my post where I was supposed to be, and I looked out to see what God was saying. See, vision doesn't come by what you can see. Vision comes by what you hear him say. Because anything God's going to do, he's not going to do it just simply by doing it. He's going to do it by saying it. In the book of Genesis, he said, let there be light. He didn't do anything. He spoke it, and then we see light, the vision of what God said. And with this, whenever you're going to write the vision down and make it plain, it's not going to be simply because of what you've seen and God is doing. It's going to be because of what he said and what he's drawing you to. Amen. Come on, dads. Let's grab this. You dads got a call on your life. And you're so busy going by what you're trying to see God doing when I need you to see what he's saying. Because when you see what he says, you're going to get vision. If you only see what he's doing, you're going to stay in the moment. And he's saying, look up from the moment of where you are because i got to show you what I'm saying to get you where you're going. I need you to show, I need you to see what God is saying to you and about you more than one day out, more than one week out, possibly 10 years out and generations out in your life. God is trying to get you to see beyond your box. And listen, the greatest challenge Pastor Joel has is this. It's living in the now and also living in the vision 10 years from now and doing it simultaneously. 
It's living in the now of where I'm currently at, but also what I know God has said and I see him doing 10 years from now. How do you live in the, in, by faith in the future of where you're going? Well, you still got to deal with the problems of the now of where you're at. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This is why so many people give up on vision. Chris, this is why so many people drop the vision. It's because they get so frustrated with the now because they're so busy living in the future. But I can't be so busy living in the future that I neglect the now because I got to pick my head up from where I'm at now to get to where I'm going to be the man I'm supposed to be then. But if I'm only living in the now and not picking my head up for the then, then I'm going to get frustrated because I think God has nothing for me moving forward. So the challenge of the believer is to see what God is saying to you by faith and where you're going to get there in the then, but while you're living in the now and to move forward till you see him co uh, coincide. <laughs> but then when you think they're going to coincide, he goes about 10 years farther out <laughs> and leads you on and leads you forward and leads you into the calling of God and the gift of God for your life. Abram's problem wasn't really lifting his head up. It's he wanted to see where he was going to. And how do I, as Abram, with no kids, believe this word from God that my children are going to number more than the dust that can be counted on the earth? How do I live in that then while I'm dealing with my mess right now and can I outlive the mess long enough to get to the message of God that he's got prepared for me see some of you if you don't leave your lot in life you'll never outlive your mess to get to the message of your life in the message of your life you've got mistakes that lead all the way up until the now and the mistakes that lead all the way up until the now from where you were to where you are they're going to follow you like pig pen's cloud until you make a change and step out of the cloud, but people want to carry your cloud behind you. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever let you not live down your past mistakes? Me and Pastor Jeff were laughing about this this week. He wasn't laughing. We were. <laughs> Every year, the video pops up on Facebook where I tripped and fell. Right? Come on, somebody. He's better athlete than that. I'm telling you. Come on, somebody. But people ain't letting him outlive the cloud that follows him. So quit sharing the video. Let a brother move on from where he was to where he is to where he's going to. Come on, somebody. And I use that as a funny example. But many of you, when I said that, you're laughing because it's humorous, but your heart's breaking at the same time because you're like, if I could just get past people saying I'm a recovering alcoholic because I'm not recovering anymore. I'm delivered by the power of God, and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I've been transformed. I don't even know that guy back there. Come on, somebody. I believe God can do such a transformational work. You're not a recovering alcoholic. You're a born-again, sold-out child of God that that doesn't even resemble who you are today. Come on. And some of you got to quit reliving your testimony so much because you're so busy telling about how bad you were, you're missing the goodness of God of where he's taking you to. Well, I used to get drunk every single night and then, and then, and then, I don't care. I don't care what you did. I care what he did and where you're going to go from what he did. I'm not a big person. I come tell me all your baggage and junk and then give God a five second token of, oh, he changed my life. Well, tell me about the change, not about the trash. 
Come on, if we're going to go forward, let's let pig pen's dirt fall to the ground so people can walk out of the pig pen. Okay, maybe I'm getting a little fired up on that. I've got to get to my mess. My greatest challenge is living in the now and living in the 10 years from now at the same time and having faith that where we're at to where we're going to be, only God can get us there because I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't see how it's going to happen. I got faith that it's going to happen. I got faith that God's going to do it. I got faith that God's going to move like never before. I got faith that he's going to continue to grow and bless and plant. I got faith for it all. But I don't see the step from A that I'm at to step uh, uh, Q or R or S or T or U or B. I don't see how we're going to get there from A to where we're at down there. I don't see the step-by-step pathway, but I see that, and I know I'm living in this. And so if I see that and I'm living in this, it's on him to get me to that even though I'm still in this. Some of you, I'm praying that this plant seeds of faith in your life that transform from where you are to where you're going to be. And if the greatest challenge of your life is you see the potential of the inside of who you are, but you're letting it be squashed by the position of where you're at. Don't let your current position dictate the potential on the inside of you because the potential is what God is showing you to get you out of the position that you're in. But if you believe the position more than the potential, then you're never going to get to the potential. I don't know how some of you are going to get around the world and do missions like deep within your heart, but if you only believe in your position, you're never going to get to your potential. And God is calling some of you to pick your head up from where you are and look north, look south, look east, look west to where he's calling you to go. And he said, arise and walk the length and the breadth of the land. Before dirt was ever moved for this facility, we walked this land. Before we even were for certain where the building was going to be built, we walked the land. We walked the length. We walked the breadth. And we knew that God had brought us to this place out in the middle of nowhere. Come on, somebody. We didn't know why, but we knew it was him. You may not know why, but you've got to know that it's him. Abram didn't know why, but Abram knew it was him. And walked through the land. Could you be working with? Could your current life state be working from a model that doesn't fit where you're going? Could all the stuff you're doing, all your life skills, all your spiritual knowledge, all the fruit of the Spirit in you, all the gifts and talents that He's given you, all the spiritual gifts that He's given you, what if God is telling you to outgrow that because what you're doing now doesn't fit where you're called to be? What if he's got a different gift that he needs to manifest in you for the tomorrow, not the today? And are some of us working with a model that doesn't fit where we're going? Some of you want to drive a truck to Vietnam when you got to get on a plane, baby. I'm telling you. And as long as that flight is, I guarantee you, you don't want to drive it. But some of us would rather drive a a time frame that's astronomically longer because we want to stay in the model that doesn't fit to where we're going. We want to stay in a lifestyle that doesn't match our calling. We want to stay doing stuff that doesn't match where we're going to. Professional athletes change who they go to to coach them because they know their high school coach can't equip them for college. 
They know their college coach can't uh, uh, equip them for the major leagues or the NFL. And so they don't hang on to their peewee football coach saying, he's going to get me there. Some of us don't want to leave the comfort of the past or the model that we're in to go to the place that God's calling us to be. Could you be working from a model that doesn't fit where you're going? We're in a series called Boxes. This is a box. It's got defined dimensions. It's got the height. It's got the width. It's got the depth. It's got borders. It's got a very defined structure to it. And some of you are saying, I wish I could just get outside this box. But look at the room we're in. Pastor Mitch, it's nothing but a big old box. God's calling some of you outside this box. Yeah. Look at the building. Went this way, it's now this way. It's just a bigger box. Oh, look at the county that we live in. If you look on a map, it's basically a box with the top corner a little jagged a little bit, but, but it's a box. Look at the continental United States. It's nothing but a big rectangular box on a map. And if we don't ever begin to get outside the box with all these defined borders and edges, God didn't create the earth in a box. He created it in a sphere because uh, a sphere is the only thing that doesn't have a defined edge or border. And it's circular and it goes out in every direction all at once. The galaxy, the galaxy is expanding faster than the speed of light. Listen to this. But it's expanding every direction all at once because when God said light be, it started from him, the origin of, and it's bursting out in every direction in all different directions all at the same time. And he didn't confine it to a box. He said, go to the north, the south, the east, and the west in all different directions and see what I got for you. Yeah. But why are we afraid to leave the box? Or the box? Or the box? Or the box? Or the continental box. Because God's trying to call us to something greater. He's trying to call us to a sphere that doesn't have borders and shapes and edges. He's trying to call us to his way of thinking and not ours. His view is different than ours. And we're not going to see the big picture until we get outside the box and get God's view. He told Abram in verse 14, I'm giving you the sphere, the north, the south, the east, and the west. But some of us are just asking for a bigger box. You know, it's Father's Day, and yesterday I was mowing my yard. And as I was mowing my yard yesterday morning, this overwhelming spirit of gratitude just, just hit me. And gratefulness, it just hit me. And when it hit me, I began to be so grateful to God because I would not have a yard to mow if I didn't have kids and a wife to be with me in the house that we're in. And I was so grateful at that moment to be mowing the yard for my wife and my kids so they could go outside and play soccer in the yard so they could go to the treehouse that we built them in the back. And I was so grateful to be doing something for them that they didn't even know I was doing. And I was grateful to do it. And then we got done and I, I washed off and we went inside and I was able to take my boys swimming yesterday and I threw them in the water and they came back out. So I threw them back in the water. So they came back out. So I threw them back in the water and we did this for about two and a half hours. I just throwing them in the water and they loved every bit of it. And I was grateful once again to throw my kids in the water that they wanted me to put them in. And then we came home that night and I began to grill some food on the grill and Aaron always wants steak because if he has anything other than steak, he's miserable. So we give him steak like once a month because we can't afford it all the time for him. He would eat us out of house and home. So we gave him a steak and, and Caleb, because Aaron wants steak, doesn't want steak. 
So he said, I want salmon tonight. And so because it's Father's Day, we went out and we got steak and we got salmon. And you know what? I was able to cook steak for him and salmon for him and give them both what they wanted out of the sufficiency of what God had blessed us with. And you know what? The whole time, that whole day yesterday, I was not thinking about waking up this morning and the gift that my kids would give unto me. That never crossed my mind once. The greatest thing the father can do is to give unto his kids all that they need, want, and desire so they know that they're loved. They know where they're going. They know that they got a place to call home. And it didn't cross my mind this morning when they had me a Starbucks gift card. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? When you're about to get on a 14 and a half hour flight, you need one of those. A Starbucks card laying by the coffee pot. And you know what? That gift, it pays into all the things that I had done for them and the gifts that I've given them. And besides, the gift that they gave me came from my own money. <laughs> it's what good kids do. Mom, can I have some money to buy dad a gift, right? But it came from my own money. I say that for a reason. It is the father's good pleasure to give everything unto his children that are walking in his ways and following after him wholeheartedly and not stopping and not waiting and holding back, but pressing after his wholeheartedly. And it's the Father's good pleasure to give them all things. And when we give him back our worship, you know what he says? I love the worship, but it already comes from me anyway. You're just reflecting what God's doing in your heart to give it back unto me. So even the gifts that we do give unto God, they're trivial because they're already from him. We're just giving back to him what's his. Why do I say all that? I say all that for this reason. Because if you're going to get from where you were to where you are, you got to realize that everything comes from God and it's all already his anyways. And so when we give it all back to him, he receives it graciously like a good father does. I love the card that my kid gave me, even though that it was from me already. See, God already knows that it's all his already. But he wants to give it unto you. So you can use it for his kingdom even when you give it back unto him. He has a greater um, sense of love and appreciation by giving to you and making sure you're fulfilled rather than you giving him something that's already his anyway. God wants to show you his good pleasure and his will. And he wants to give it to you. The boundaries of a box. And without the boundaries of a box as he gives it to you, when you give it back on him, we realize that it's all his anyway because he owns the box and the box and the box and the box and the box. And he created it all in a sphere that's all his anyway. But yet we're still afraid to look up from where we are to where we're going. I want to close with this as Pastor Mitch comes. We talked about where you were. We talked about where you are. Let's talk just for a second about where you will be. The Bible says this in verse number 18. After he looked up, after he looked north, south, east, and west, after he walked the length and the breadth, it says, so Abram moved his tent. Everybody say, move that tent. If you're going to move the tent, it's going to take movement to move the tent. If you're going to move the tent, it's going to take movement to move the tent listen to this God won't bring it whatever it is whatever he's bringing into your life God won't bring it to your tent even though he's already given it to you God won't bring it into your tent even though
even though he's already given it to you. Let me, let me, I'll explain it like this. Some of you single people are desiring and praying to be married, and God already has somebody outlined for you, for your life, to bring to you. But even though he's already given it to you, he's not going to bring it into your tent. It's going to cause you to have to move to get into the will of God to find what he has for you. You've got to begin to leave the where you were behind you and start moving into where you are going to be. And with that, it's going to take some movement, but God's not going to bring it into the tent of where you're currently at. He wants you to pick up your tent and move it to the place that he has for you. In the banking industry, when they begin to give people loans for businesses that are wanting to start, the first question they ask is not how profitable it's going to be. That's not the first question they ask. The first question they ask is, how much cash flow do you have? How much cash flow do you have? Or how much cash flow can this business create? Because if you have great profitability, but you won't see profitability for 10 years, they're not going to get their return on their investment for 10 years. But if you got great cash flow and you got movement in your business, they can equip you with the skills to be profitable quicker because you got movement in your business. When we went to build this facility that we're in right here, the first question they ask is not how profitable you're going to be in five years. That's the vision that's in our heart. They asked for our cash flow statements this year. <laughs> Everything dictated on the cash flow that we were currently doing, on the movement we currently had. Some of you have this profitable dream in your heart that's years down the line, and God says, I love the fact that you know it's going to be profitable, that you know where you're going, but if you don't start getting some flow into your life now, some movement into your life now, some movement forward into where you're called to be, you're never going to get to be that profitable state of where you want to be. God has such amazing plans for everybody in this room. But if we don't get up and move our tent, Tandy, if we don't get up and start moving our tent, if we don't get up and start moving our tent, it doesn't matter how profitable the potential looks. We got to get some movement going today. We got to get some movement in our life right now. What, what has God willed for you to have that you have not received? Because the box that you're currently in, the box of your life, is, is blocking the blessing that's in front of you. With this, what box that we are lifting our head up from to look north, south, east, and west is blocking the blessing that if we don't leave Lot behind us and pick up our head from where we are and begin to look north, south, east, and west and begin to get some movement. It said Abraham, Abraham moved his tent. He moved it. And my question for you this morning is, are we going to move it? And people ask me this question all the time. Well, I need to pray about it, or do I need to take a step of faith, or do I need to pray more, or do I need to step out, or do I need to do this, or do I need to step out? And, and the question is, is do I pray or do I go? Do I pray more or do I take a step of faith and go? And my answer is this. You do both. You pray as you go. You pray during the process. Because if you just pray... And then you go, you're praying, and then you're going, and then you're stopping, and then you're praying, and then you're going, and nobody walks like that. Unless you're walking down a wedding aisle, and then this looks really weird. I've seen the brides and the, and the father walk like this. Y'all, just get that smooth stroll going. Come on, you got that. And what I'm 
telling you is you arise and you go, but you pray as you go. You pray as you go. And how many of y'all have ever been through a season in your life where it seems like a desert place and a dry place? If you've been there, hold your hand up real high. What do you do when that season hits? What do you do when that moment's there when, you, when, you in, when, when you're praying and you're going and you're praying and you're going and it seems to be silent? Here's what I do. I keep on talking. I keep on talking because I know he hears everything that I'm saying. He may not be responding in the moment. There are times when you hear everything your kids are doing and you don't respond in the moment. Come on, somebody. Because I'm going to let daddy know that Joel's still talking, that Joel's still here, that Joel's still seeking. And I may not hear you talking back real quick, but I'm going to definitely let you know that I'm still talking to you. Come on, that's better than y'all are applauding. Some of y'all have quit talking because you quit hearing and I'm going to tell you to keep praying even though you're not getting an answer. I'm going to tell you to keep pressing on and keep walking even though you haven't seen the result yet. I'm going to tell you to keep seeking God with all your heart because he promises when you seek me, you're going to find me. And some of you, you just need to keep walking and keep praying and keep talking to him because he's going to answer. He's going to answer. And so this morning... <clears throat> Where you are, some of you need to let go of your lots in life. You need to let go of your history and quit dragging it into your destiny. Some of you need to look up from where you are. You've been so concerned about the lot behind you and you don't know about the future in front of you, you stop right where you are and you need to look up once again and look to the north, the south, the east, and the west and begin to get direction from God again. Some of you need to start movement in your life. You've been sitting way too long. You've been waiting on God, and God says, I told you to move your tent, and I'm just waiting on you to start moving. I want to get you to where you're called to be. But if you're just going to stay camping out in that same location over and over, you're going to eventually end back up with your lot and not where I've called you to be. Stand with me this morning. We have altar ministers all around the worship center. They want to take you from where you were. They want to take you from where you are. And they want to get you movement in your life so you can get to where you're supposed to be. If you don't know where you're supposed to be, come and pray with anybody all around the auditorium that's got the lanyards on. But you're never going to find out where you're supposed to be until you talk to the one who can talk to you. And that happens through a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship that comes because Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, today is your day. It's time for movement to happen in your life to get you to where you're supposed to be. Come and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. All these ministers are willing to pray for you. They're ready to pray for you. If God's calling you to take the Lord's Supper, line up between section one and section two, and the communion table of God is open. My question for you this morning is, do you know Jesus? If you don't, let's pray. Then let's get you from where you are to where you are to pick your head up to where you're supposed to be. Here we go. Get ready to move in three, two, one. The altars are open. Begin to come. We are so, so glad that you joined us here at TWBC. You are our online family. Right now, we want to take a special moment and invite you to say a prayer with us. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we want to give you the opportunity to make the best decision you'll ever make. If you need to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, pray this simple prayer with us right now. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I understand and receive the sacrifice that you made for me. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I thank you that you paid the price. 
And I thank you now that you are Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you have been raised again from the dead. And I thank you today. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I receive my salvation from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, thank you so much for joining us this morning and being a part of the family of Christ. We're so excited that you prayed that prayer with us and we wanna say welcome to the body of Christ. We'd love to follow up with you, so if you prayed that prayer, send us a quick email or reach out to us through social media. We would love to get in contact with you and help you find a place of belonging wherever you're at if you can't make this your church home. Thank you again for being a part of the Way Bible Church and thank you for tuning in to this broadcast.